Shalom. It's been almost four months since the horror of the October 7th terrorist attack on Israel. When Hamas, the hate-filled organization that has controlled the Gaza Strip since 2007, launched its murderous attack on southern Israel, every Israeli was shocked. Israel is all too familiar with terrorism and war. Since its founding in 1947, it has been attacked multiple times. Miraculously, Israel has overcome every challenge to its existence. But this time, its vaunted intelligence services and highly capable Israeli Defense Force were caught off guard. In the weeks that followed, civilized nations expressed solidarity with Israel. Our own president, Joe Biden, proclaimed, America stands with Israel. But as Israel has prosecuted its just war to eradicate Hamas, most nations have wavered in their support. Even more galling, terrorist sympathizers in the United States have clamored to condemn Israel, preferring instead to stand with terror. The Biden administration has proven fickle beyond belief. I can personally testify that our ministry's effort to provide defensive protective equipment to Israeli friends has been opposed by the Biden State Department itself. We've been very clear here at Lamb and Lion Ministries. We stand with Israel and the Jewish people. Why? Because God has promised to bless those who bless the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because He has promised to protect and preserve the Jews, and because He has promised to bring a great remnant of the Jews, all who survived the tribulation, to saving faith in our Jewish Messiah. With that in mind, we want to share the testimony of Arya Bar-David once again. Arya, whose name means lion, is a Messianic Jew who fought with the IDF in 1967 and 1973. His bold confidence in the Lord God Almighty was validated in the midst of another desperate battle. Arya's experience as an Israeli Jewish follower of Yeshua who experienced miracles offers assurance that even today, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. So, like you've heard my name, Arya, Bar David means Lion or Lion of Judah. My full name is Arya Yehuda, Lion of Judah, son of David, Bar David. So, this is the way that my parents decided to call me one of seven children, six brothers and one sister, Sarah. And my story, I mean, war stories started when I was around 19 years old. I raised up in a believing home. We considered to be the first family of Jewish believers in this country. And uh, I never said we are the first. I said we are among the first. Why I say this? Because we used to have four times a week Bible studies. Four times a week. And every evening we gathered all the family in our home. And four times a week my father would share with us the Lord. And we had only two verses in our home, which was our assembly. One on the right side. And it said it will fall thousands of, on your one side, tens of thousands. On the other side, it will not, in Hebrew, it will not come to you. It will not even like get closer to you, right? If you try to translate it to English. Very strong word. Not it, it will not touch you. It will, it will not even come to you. And the other one was from the words of Samuel saying to Saul that 
it is better to have obedient to God than sacrificing sacrifices. Now, when you are growing with such words, which means even before you know to read or to write, whenever you look at your father sharing and you see the words to the right and to the left, they were about this size, it enters and enters and enters so deep that I grew with a full faith that God is doing it this way. And what I want to share with you is one of at least, I would say like 20 situations that I was involved in, in, in them. What is the meaning of these words? So the first war that I took part was six day war. Okay, I was born exactly 50. Five years, 75 years ago, I mean next week, it will be 75 exactly. For me, this was very important to be 75 because I knew that Abraham was 75 when he came to the land. So I wanted always to feel how Abraham felt. But what was more impacting me, what happened with Abraham when he heard that his son-in-law, Lot, right, was got, you know, by the five kings. I mean, there was a four, war between four kings of the north, five kings of the south, and they took, took him captive. And then we read that Abram took 310 of his people, and he was pursuing the enemies, this big army of the north, all the way north of Damascus. You have been in Tel Dan already? You have been. I mean, huge, huge, huge. A army attack. And for me, it was very, very strong, this, this event, because Abram always looked to me like a peaceful man, try always to find a balance, right? Not quarrel, not with Lot, not with anyone. But the Bible says that he took his 310 people, divided them into three sections, and made a night attack on this enemy. I mean, it was a full army commander, Abraham, an excellent one, and bringing back everything, you know, even Lot and all what he, he gained from them. So for me, it was always very clear that being a believer in God is not contradicting being an army commander. When it was time to go to the army, I volunteered to be a paratrooper because in those days till today, you know, this is the main, you know, the main force that really is in fighting, in battles, right? And I always believe that where it's dark, then we should be as light. And it's, it should be, we have to be in the most dangerous place. Okay, if we will not be there, who will be there? I'm so glad to see that most of my Family, I mean, later on, they're all part of your person, commanders, and so, so, but, but all of them, right? In our special units, right? It's a kind of tradition at Yadish Mona, everyone goes to very special units, right? But it's not contradicting your face, opposite. So, as I entered to the army after a very short time, you know, we were, you know, parachute, you know, jumping, all this training. And when I was five months in the army, the war started. And this was 67 war. So I passed all these six days, which makes you 
very quick to be much older. In one week, you become like one year older because of what you pass. And many times I share with young people or soldiers before they go to the army, experiences from the first battle. Okay, because this was my first battle. What is the meaning to go to war? What is war? What are the smells of war? It's not a romantic at all. At all not. But from the other side, when, you know, he got a bullet and the surgeon tried to see what happens and he got a bullet. And I, I say, what was the welcome to a war? So I will share with you just one event that happened in Yom Kippur War. So again, as a experienced soldiers, I was a commander of around 20 soldiers. We arrived to China. We were crossing the Suez Canal. At the beginning, we had to jump as parachuters in Egypt and to do what we knew to do. We knew to attack bases that were shooting missiles against airplane. We knew how to navigate. This was my prof one of my profession, army profession. I had many is to navigate at night, 30 kilometers, arrive to a certain point that there is a, you know, missiles point and to bomb it, destroy it and run and disappear, right? And that's what we prepared to do because, you know, it started very hard, the Yom Kippur War, very hard. And they wanted to use the paratroopers for a real thing, professional thing, right? And suddenly someone came from the other unit and he cried in the darkness, is Arya here? And I said, yes, I'm here. Can you come to our unit? I said, I am now with my soldiers. What is the issue? Some of the soldiers came now for the war, right? From United States and so, and they met Jews for Jesus. Now we know that you are one of them. So can you come and tell us more about what is this? It was 73. It was very popular then, Jews for Jesus. I'm sure all of you have heard about this. So I told him, look, if my soldier will permit me, I will do it. But if not, sorry. And the soldier, no, you don't take him. He's with us. If you want, you come. He went to his unit and he told them exactly what my soldier said. So he told them, they got up and started walking, total dark in a forest of pine trees, and they joined. Now another group that so suddenly, they felt, right, it, the big group of soldiers get up. So they got up and followed them. And the third unit, the fourth unit, a fifth unit, even the head of all this battalion, Katja, very, very good friend of mine, later on, all what we passed, he told me, Arya, I had no idea where we are going. And I found myself surrounded by hundreds, hundreds of paratroopers from my battalion. There was a total silence. I didn't know what to do. I mean, you don't prepare yourself in two, three minutes of such a thing. And suddenly, one that first came to ask if I'm there. He raised his voice, he, had, he was champion of Israel in bikes, you see? So he was very, very thin. 
he couldn't jump from airplane. We had to put potatoes, <laughs> fill him, fill him with potatoes to get another 15 kilos, 20 kilos. <laughs> so in his high voice, okay, are you start? <laughs> Something like this. Now, for the, I don't know, half an hour more, I, I started sharing. And unbelievable how God is working. All the verses that, you know, I've heard all my life as a child from prophecy, Amos prophet, Ezekiel, Isaiah, like came like this into my memory. And I shared with them, shared with them, but of course, mainly, I did something that usually you don't do it. You don't talk about the blood of Jesus, about the cross in Israel. In our society, you're not allowed to, to mention the word cross. For them, it's immediately inquisition and things like this, you know. And I found myself again and again making this mistake about the blood of Yeshua, about forgiving of sins, about what is the meaning to come before God with clean conscience. By the way, later I found, you know, this verse of, of uh, that Paul shares in 1 Timothy. He tells Timothy, be all the time, right, with a clear, clean, straight conscience, conscience before God. How important it for a soldier when he is in a mission that almost 90% he will be killed to be with clean conscience. You can't believe what unclean conscience can make to the most brave soldier. You can't believe. And suddenly, maybe half an hour I was talking, when I thought that I almost, I had no words anymore. There was a kind of siren that we have to jump to with the parachutes to go to the, to run to the airplanes. Just before this sound was, one of the group of the soldiers, he raised up, he was already a rabbi. He finished six years of studying. And he said, are you using this that we are all, you know, afraid of, of, of the war, right? Of what is waiting for us in order to make a kind of a missionary, you know, he tried to do. Now, it was totally dark. You couldn't see anything, but you could hear two soldiers. One that was on the right side of him, another one to the left side. They pushed him down because he raised up. At least he gives us hope what you give us. Do you have the blessed hope? Arya went on to describe Jesus as living water come down from heaven to offer life to all. Okay, by the way, I, I was sharing a lot of these things in my Sinai tours in the high mountains, which is very easy for Israel to understand it. I say it in two sentences, God appeared only as a cloud, only as a cloud when he took them out of Egypt. The cloud of the tabernacle, the cloud above them, the cloud, 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 never as rain, never, but cloud. But what he promised them, when they will arrive to the promised land, he will rain, he will give the rain. Now why, you don't, for you it doesn't mean at all, but in Hebrew cloud is anan, and rain it is geshem. What is geshem? Become incarnate. You see, the cloud is incarnated into rain. The rain, you can drink it, you can hold it, you can get, you cannot do it with a cloud. So he promised them 
that he will eat Gashem, become rain, but in Hebrew is double meaning, become incarnated in the land of Israel. And that's why when I was talking about Yeshua, it was a real, real thing that you can hold him, you can write, embrace him, he's incarnated in water. That's why he compared him all the time to a living water, to drink a living water. And for them, this was the hardest thing. So I felt this murmuring. And as we are fighting on and continue, all the time when I turned, you know, to give them command, right? I, I saw that they, they were talking something against me. Suddenly, I stopped the unit in the middle of the fight. And I brought them to something like this with dunes around. I was standing in front of them. I told all the soldiers, sit down now. And they were a little afraid, right? Look, I know what you th think about me and what you say about me. I know. Now, I tell you, if my faith in Yeshua, that he is the real son of God, if this is lie, I want to be the first one to be killed in this world, in this war. And I, I said in Hebrew, I'm not deserved to be alive. You understand? Because it's the most, most defiling thing, if it is wrong, right? To say that God has a son. I don't know if you understand what is the meaning. So I don't want to live anymore. But if not, you will see with your eyes. I don't know how I dare to say it. Because all what happened later, they saw with their eyes. And immediately we continued. We continued, we continued fighting all this day. Second day at 6 o'clock in the evening, we came to this ambush where the Egyptians did very good ambush. And they, you know, waiting for us around 16 meters from us. I mean, it's like 10 yards, how much it is. So what happened there? Rami immediately, he got a bullet here and he was killed. And all the first line, seven, all wounded. I was not, I didn't get any bullet then, but I was full of blood of the other soldiers. And I tell them to where to shoot. There was not one bullet shot to cover us. So I decided to get up. I'm getting up. Now all the Egyptians are shooting at me because I'm standing target. And I turned back to them and started go walking like this. No running and not, you know, like soldiers. And I was in the middle of beehives. I don't know if you have been in the middle of beehives. I was, right? Very good friend of mine. He's raising, you know, bees. And it was... And I know that no bullet has permission to touch me. I know it. You know, some rabbis asked, how you knew it? I mean, you know, this is when from this age you see these words of Psalm. You know what I mean, 110, right? And I'm shouting to them, now you see with your eyes. And I told him, I told him, God will show me the way. Now in army, in army to talk like this, immediately we'll look for somebody else to, to, to live, right? 
I mean, uh, what is going on here? And I, I felt that I'm talking with a lot of authority. If I tell you run, you run. If I tell you run back, you run back. <laughs> As we started moving, I saw in the horizon, I say always like six degrees. I mean like the top of the mountain there. This is around the angle. I saw a light. A, something that I never saw, something even close to it. You know, I was sitting with rabbis, quite many. And describe, describe this light. I, I told him, look, I know what is a tank projector when he's bringing a light, you know, four kilometers, right? Like two miles. But this was like a thousand times more. And later on, they cried to me, how you know, how you know? But I said only one word. The light, the light. Soldiers got so, so nervous, so nervous. So, I mean, you understand how they felt in this, right? And almost starting crying. How you know? How you know? How you know? Because they understood that it's impossible. And they said, I don't remember even, that I said only this. It's the light. It's the light. It's the light. And God was leading us, all the group, from this area to a direction which I don't know where. I don't know where, but at the end, after maybe one hour walking in the sand dunes of Ismailia, I felt suddenly the, the light, which I was so, so clear all the way, like vanish. Immediately, I understood that we are very close to our unit. He looked at me. I didn't believe that one of you will get out of where you have been alive. And all of us arrived. Now, praise the Lord, I say again and again for my father and mother, that grew us with full, full opening about what we believe. The first thing that I will talk wherever I will be is about the Lord. Nothing is important than this. So we were growing like now the new generation of believers are growing in Israel. And we hear it, we see it all around us. We grew with such an openness and praise the Lord that they grew us this way. That we will, we will be able to, to grow this way. Like Gideon, Arya demonstrates that God works mightily through individual men, even professional orchestra musicians who serve to defend their homeland. Arya's miraculous experience and the amazing account of the light that pointed the way for him to lead his unit through enemy lines was shared on Israeli national TV. You know, war clarifies reality for nations and for individuals, politicians, university presidents, college students, and each of us. It's demonstrating our true allegiance. Do you stand with Israel? Even more important than that critical question, do you stand with the Jewish Christ, the Messiah, who is derided as the King of the Jews, but who came for the Jew first and also the Gentile? We know He is preparing a place for those who trust in Him, and that He is coming soon. But all who place their trust in Him are forever cleansed and given a new heart. Erez Bar David is Arya's nephew, who often serves as the guide on our lamb and lion pilgrimage trips to Israel, and is my good friend. 
Erez understands the mounting isolation of Israel in the community of nations and the lurking threat of expanded conflict and terrorism. It is something his Moshav, a Messianic community outside Jerusalem, lives with on a daily basis. I asked Erez how Christians in America and around the world could pray for Jews in Israel and beyond. He offered a uniquely Christian perspective on the evil that was perpetrated on October 7th and emphasized the importance of praying for our enemies that they too will come to salvation in Yeshua. I think the first thing that, um, that we ought to do really is to show support and really are standing with Israel at this time. And I know that it's, it's a challenge because the overwhelming majority of this world is against Israel, is against the God of Israel. And, and you see everything that is happening over social media. You see um, all kinds of activists, you know, haters, you know, that would go out you know, on campuses, even in the West, you know, tearing down pictures of those kidnapped kids, you know, uh, all kinds of demonstrations against, against uh, Jews and Israelis. And I think one of the most basic things that we can do is really to, to express our support, our, our sympathy, not just sympathy, but really support and the fact that we are very clear on our position and the fact that we're standing with God's chosen people because it's basically the same thing as saying we're standing with God, the God of Israel. The other thing, of course, is to pray for all those Jewish people and others. Uh, we're actually commanded to pray for our enemies. As, as hard as it may sound, especially now under these circumstances, and I've heard a lot of those terrible, terrible stories uh, that happened um, in, in the Southern communities, you know, entire families, and then the way they were butchered and murdered and kidnapped and raped, I'm just horrible, horrible graph, graphic um, descriptions. Um, just basically to pray for everybody, for the Israelis and also the enemies of yeah. Israel. Um, that somehow the Holy Spirit will touch their hearts, will change them, because it is a spiritual warfare. And I think it's very, very uh, easy a lot of times to forget that. We're, our, our war, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the devil and his realm. He is actually the one that is standing behind and activating all those people, uh, just like uh, mannequins, you know, they're basically puppets on, on strings. And, and so we really ought to pray for Israel, first of all, but also to pray for the other side, you know, um, and, and we know what's, what's coming to them, you know, unless they repent. As I said at the beginning of this episode, the God of Israel never slumbers and never sleeps. Arya Bar David bears witness to the fact that God still performs miracles and that he will keep his promises to the Jewish people. Even if the entire world turns against them, as Bible prophecy tells us will happen in the end times, He will preserve and protect them. If you believe in Jesus Christ, trusting in Him for your salvation, He will preserve and protect you for all eternity. The alternative is more horrible than war or terror. It is the wrath of God. Jesus gave His life for sinners like me and you. From the cross, He prayed for His enemies because they did not know what they were doing. If we follow Him, as is encouraged, we will pray for those who are lost and acting out of their ignorance and sin. As we do, let's also recommit to praying for the peace of Jerusalem, knowing that Jerusalem itself, and Israel in general, and even the wide world at large, will not know peace until the Prince of Peace reigns from Mount Zion. In that regard, a prayer for Jerusalem's peace is really a cry of, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Godspeed. Godspeed.